that. Do you feel me though? Bruh. All, Are you with me? All the way. Yo, I have to say, like, this is this is actually exciting. And it's it's so much fun to look forward to. It's uh it's 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 the ex- exciting, anxiety-inducing feeling before we do this. That's how you know um niggas is doing what they enjoy. This is a blessing. Yeah, and it's a blessing to be doing it with you, bruh. It's Always a blessing to be doing it with you. Man. Always. Listen, you know. before we even start talking about what it is we're doing, it's important that we lead with protocol and just welcome everybody, everybody to the All The Way Live podcast. You know, whether it's one person, 20 people, 30 people, 300 people, we appreciate every single person that's listening. We invite you into our minds. This is nothing more than a conversation between two best friends, between two brothers. And we just come to give you that which we care about. And hopefully it resonates with people to to have a wider conversation. So welcome in. Love. Indeed. How's that? How's that for my intro? How are my intros getting, bro? Tell They're me. They're good. They're good. You, you think so? You like these intros? You're getting comfortable. You're getting, you're finding a pocket for sure. <laughs> finding a pocket for sure. I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe, you know, I'm trying to figure out when to double Dutch in, but also I'm like, look at him go. Look, <laughs> look at him go. go. Look at that. Welcome. Well, allow me to allow me to pass the rock on. You know, my, my name is Zulake Gila. Thank you for joining us. Ah, would it be like Smiles Xavier? Hey, man, this is the All the Way Live podcast, bro. Another right Sunday, another Sunday. We made it. Didn't know who's gonna make it. It didn't look like it for a while, but like you know, I think man. I think this was definitely a week of ideas and energies that have been manifested starting to starting to realize themselves and i always find it very important to be able to acknowledge those moments in whichever way that they they come about man this man is manifesting and realizing so let's acknowledge the dap up what up oh smooth transition how you doing brother hey bro hey you 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 threw it to me i'm shooting let's go back down back on d (laughs) for sure well (laughs) <laughs> hey bro well in to be dapping in you know i must say again i'm at a i'm excited to come here onto the show i see that there's 30 people listening to me that is a that's a that's a coveted audience as it is that shows growth and um i'm appreciative of that and more importantly brother i'm just here to, to to come back and 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 talk with my brother man shoot the shits this is this is exciting that's good man how's your week man what you what's been keeping you busy What's been on your mind? What you been on? Man, man. Um, for the most for the most part, you know, it's it's always a weekly effort of how to keep growing the impact that people can have in communities. Um that's that always takes up the most amount of time, which is what are more strategic ways to be able to get food to people that need to get food, ways to be able to um, increase the type of services, financial services that we provide people to give them financial literacy, whatever it is, it's an effort of of doing that. And that battle is big. You know all about that battle. Hey, bro, I'm fighting it with you. I'm fighting it with you. I'm smiling because <laughs> I'm remembering as you talk about it, I'm remembering a conversation we had I was pointing out like, hey, bro, I was checking out the website for the foundation and I was seeing all the the additions that were being made to it. 
And I was happily surprised to find out that that was a collaboration and an in-house, an, an in-house, in-house house, collaboration. if nothing else. Well, it was a live house production. It was exactly. a live house production. But while we at, while we there, my brother, come on, dap in. Tell us what you what you feeling like. What type of energy you bringing into into this conversation today? Boom. So, my bro, tell me what type of energy you coming into this with? Because this is clearly not a punch in. But what type of energy are you coming into this with, my man? Oh, dap on in. Talk to the people. Ah, thank you, thank you, bro. What up, people? Um, today, today I bring you nothing but love, man. Just like mm-hmm. straight up peaceful vibes, bro. Like, um, uh, before the not punch in, I was saying it feels strange to be like finding my footing in chaos, right? Like, and by chaos, I mean, both the political climate with like us being in the midst of the presidential and vice presidential debates. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so much, so many other things that are going on. I mean, Trump getting COVID is not at all, it's like inseparable from that, but it's also another separate mm-hmm. issue that reminds like, are you getting like a weird crisp like feedback from when I'm talking? Nah, I can hear you perfectly. It's going Ooh, okay we gonna keep rocking. Um, all right. So yeah, it's inseparable from like, bro, like just remi- as a reminder of like uh, how he's just been messing up and how hard he's been, like how terribly he's been handling the whole situation. Um, and then you have like the re- this restarting of school. Um, so parents are dealing with like remote learning and how to like manage that and still provide like an education to their kids while figuring out how to go back to work. Those of us who are blessed enough to have jobs, right? Mm. So it's just, that's what I mean by chaos. And it feels strange to be like finding my footing in chaos in the sense that like, not everything terrible with me though, you know what I mean? And like, you know, not to to make light of like what people are going through right now, but like Mm. some, like I've had dope opportunities to like both support my community and like also to just to like, you know, just enjoy life in spite of everything that's in everything that's going on and building live house has been a huge part of that. You know what I mean? But just how much of my time I spend doing the things that I love and care about spinning records, helping people and watching all of that bear fruit in real time is like strange. And it feels crazy to be excited about, you know, if nothing else, how this year is wrapping up in a personal sense, while we are in, in, if not the most chaotic, right? Like it surely is. It feels that way. You know? It feels that way. It definitely feels like the most chaotic of times. I was having dinner um today and just listening to a group of people speak about how long this year has been and that there's still so much to go, especially with the window of space that is invited by the election. Um and, and we've spoken about this before, but like, I think it's always important to check in every week. Just what is the, what is your sentiment of the, the political sphere right now? Especially given how crazy it is. President gets COVID, flies landing on vice president's heads. It's, it's, a, it's a whirlwind of information to take in. Yeah, I think, um, well, I think something, I think, the fly thing, right, just perfectly encapsulates this moment. It is the most extreme 
occurrences in terms of like pivotal, desperate times in terms of a national pandemic, even in terms of climate change, in terms of poverty, in terms of like violence in America and the world over. And like our focus continues to drift to these like <laughs> wild sidebars, you know what I mean? And I think- Nonsensical things. Yeah, you know, like to the point where like, we would rather all focus our attention on a fly that landed on some dude's head than anything either of the candidates said throughout the whole- At all. John, you At know all. what I mean? And so like, not that I'm super enamored with our, you know, the candidates that we have on either side, but I mean, first of all, fuck Trump, like let's not get it twisted. <laughs> FTP. But like, um, there's, there's something to be said for like, at least at least pretending that we are still caring about the issues or like discussing them not that they i think the vice presidential debate they did a better job of actually discussing issues but like let's it's just so far from us even having a serious discussion that it's that it's terrifying that's how i would say yeah. that's how i feel yeah this seems to be a very the the importance of the conversations that need to be had seems secondary to the objective of insulting and belittling and berating the candidate. And that makes it difficult in the sense that like, this is the most important time to get information out in terms of what is the economical future planned out for this country in order to grasp it out of, out of recession and high unemployment and a lingering debt rate that's about to explode at any time and things of that nature. Like those, those conversations are super important now more than ever. And instead it's a matter of shut up, man. It's, it's very, um, it's very juvenile in its, uh, in its feeling. It's very, very juvenile. Yeah. It feels juvenile to me from this end and it feels embarrassing, right. To know that to people on the outside, people in South Africa, to people in London, to people in Australia, to people in Nigeria, that we look like clowns. You know what I mean? Like our, our president, like they, they're up there calling each other clowns and everyone agrees. With things of that tough, bro, it's important to have a way to, to kick back. <laughs> it's important to have a way to, yes. to unwind and, and, and de-stress, you know? This, this is that for me. This podcast is that for me. Like yeah. just being able to come through. Does this podcast con constitute as a, as a vice? Ooh, uh, it, well, I think that I think that depends on how you would define a vice, my friend. I think that would depend on how you would define a vice. How would I you? Think we just stumbled upon a, a conversation right here. <laughs> stumbled upon a conversation upon. right here. Hey, bro, that pre-production be working, dog. That pre-production be working. Yo. That pre transitions is clean. That pre <laughs> transitions is clean. Um, what, what out of consider advice? I think in my most simple of minds, I can I would define advice as being something that is a that could be a time of physical detriment to you, something that has a higher cost than. You see, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be very careful with this. Something that, something that has a high cost for you to enjoy in increments. Mm. But it ha it's, a, it's, a, it's a high cost. It's a high, it's a, it's a high cost. It's, it's, it's a, there's a cost to it. I think a vice has a cost to it. Like walk with me, right? Mm. For instance, cigarettes. 
the cost that that has is the cost on your health. Granted, the packages are also like, what, $11, $12, whatever. That's a cost to your health. In, if we're talking substances, right? Before weed was legal, weed, the cost of that is the cost of your freedom or your, you know, jail time or, you know, you're doing something that's against the law. That is a cost on your, your freedom to a certain extent. And that's what I think of, of vices. So why, what would you why? say? I, I, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you. Like, I think you, I think you said, put it perfectly to the point where, so my next question is if, if a vice, well, I think that's a great place to start. Right. So if a vice is something that we do that has a cost, why do we do it? Bro, it has to be neurological, right? It, it's, it has to be all neurological. So this whole week I've been reading a book called the science of sin. And it pretty much just goes into the brain as to why we do the things that we need to do. Like, stumbled why upon, we do the things. Stumbled upon, <laughs> look at that, that pre-pro. <laughs> stumbled um, upon, that's ill. I actually did not know that. You've been reading hella yeah, shit lately. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I have been, I have been. It's, it's, it's dope, bro, it's dope. And having this podcast to have things to read for, it's also pretty lit, too. Congratulations. But that being, okay, did you just congratulate me for reading, sir? Good job, <laughs> Congratulations. Likewise, my brother. Thanks. No, but um, the, the, the whole concept of it, right, is that there's a neurological impulse that leads people to do the things that they do in, in order to, at the end of the day, either get a spike of dopamine or to suppress some other instinctual neurological reactions to things, right? So what I mean by that, and at least, and if we're being transparent, the portion of the book that was most relevant to me was the impact of uh porn on your daily sex life and like the mental the mental um impacts of watching pornographic porn and you see that there's a clear trajectory i was about to say do you do you care to elaborate <laughs> you kept going go go <laughs> run keep going <laughs> and, and obviously i'm speaking in a general term when oh, yeah, i say of course, I. i'm not of saying i as yes as me. no someone who is I, not me <laughs> Someone who is not me, clearly. <laughs> it's just called good radio is what it's called. Um, so essentially, there's a, there's a dopamine rush that you go to, right? So the reason why the, reason why the, the, the path and trajectory of people who are into pornography is that they tend to now accumulate certain types of videos and what they would describe as a cocktail in order to finally reach that point of ecstasy is because the novelty of the dopamine rush from the first instance has diminished significantly. So that's why a lot of people tend to turn to vices and, and porn that is very out there is because their, their levels of dopamine in order to get shocked have expounded into now the, the, the extremes of it. Fascinating stuff. Porn cocktails is hilarious. Like <laughs> that is the name of this <laughs> podcast, bro. <laughs> Porn cocktail is so funny. <laughs> As I was speaking, I'm looking at you like I'm building like, a playlist of like, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna get me later in like seven minutes is hilarious, dude. Well, nah, nah, let's like, not, this is really gonna kill him. <laughs> me, <laughs> I'm a nut. <laughs> Yo, that's so funny. But bro, you can you can see that in so many things outside of just porn, like that um, habit of 
that habit of having to 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 have an extra bit more in order to get any point of ecstasy is relevant, man. So, yeah. I'll yeah. also write back at you what you yeah, no, can thank you. you. Me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Your video is cutting it in and out a little bit. Um, I don't know if we should wait for it to come back. Um, I'm interested to to catch what what your thoughts are on the value of vices and whatnot. The value of vices is a great, safer alternative name. We will, we have one in the talk. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know you will know how we're feeling next friday by which by which name we choose to to put on the nah, dude it's gonna be like a pretty a pretty ricky title in quotations in porn quotes. cocktails <laughs> pretty ricky is such an appropriate reference to vice right vice conversation right I, yo so actually someone uh in pre-pro and like just even throwing around tossing around the idea of like just speaking about vices um i had one in particular that's kind of like uh, not weighing on me, but like one that I've been like consciously trying to address, right? Um, which to me is actually one that like a lot of the times you wouldn't think of as a vice and isn't always necessarily, but to me it's been noise, right? Interesting. So like the idea that lately over the last few months, there have been times where I'll be getting ready to shower, or cook or I don't know, some other like task where you don't need your full cognitive, like, you know what I'm saying? Abilities. And I'll find myself reaching toward like music or film or like content, but not because yeah. like, oh, I really want to watch this, but like literally having like the half conscious subconscious thought of like, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts right now, right? I'm, I'm glad you went there. I'm glad you went there because I was going to ask you then, how much of that noise is it to suppress isolation with your thoughts? Yeah, I, and so it's, it's not always that. And like, as somebody who listens to music and has always spent a lot of their time like listening to music, like with different stimulus, audio books, podcasts, like it's not odd for me to spend a high amount of time with something playing or listening to something, but it is odd for that to be my thought process. Like it kind of was like a mm -hmm. yellow, orange, like an orange flag, not quite a red flag, but an orange flag to me that like, I even felt my brain feeling like I don't want to be alone with my thoughts, which yeah, as I've been thinking about it and like processing it, it's, I feel like it's just been more of like, I can't shut them off. Like I'll have decided how I feel about something, whether it is politics or whether it is like a more personal matter or like preparation for like the pod or something like I'm just, mm. my brain will just go, go, go. And I've been tired of like thinking about whatever it might be. And I'm just like, bro, I don't want to keep going in circles about this. Let me fill my ears with something else. Right. Yeah. So it's been about just being mindful of that. And then also just being like, how can I resist the urge to drown it out? And just like, if I have the time and I have the space and the energy, just like actually just be like, no, hold on. Let's try and like unwind this for real yeah, yeah. in my head rather than just like drown it out until it goes away. So yeah. noise, it, it, it as a, I, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say like, it touches on the whole concept of like the accomplishment of man is to silence himself. You know what I mean? And I forgot who, 
who broke that down, but the whole concept of like Buddhism and Buddhism and anything that's meditative in its nature, even even doing the hymns in Islam is meant to center you in a place where you have to confront your thoughts. But that's real though, bro. Like you and you're so right in the sense that once you are awake to it and realize that you're doing it, it's 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 quite it's quite awe shocking. It's like, whoa, that's crazy that I'm spending that much time just filling my ears with noise. That's something that I that I definitely resonate with. Be it content. Content is constantly streaming into into my ears if i'm not listening lately i've just been on youtube just burning hours on there listening to anything that i can yeah and yeah. it and it, and it goes to achieve the same thing yeah and i think and, and that's how it kind of ties into the whole vice conversation right is at a certain point like noise whatever that is whatever that content is can be really good right and you can like learn from it and like you know really it can you can enjoy it and it can connect with you and resonate with you heavy um I think we had a lot of content that came out this week that did just that. Ooh. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. See that behind the back Ooh. transition? We getting that, but let me finish the spin move. But yeah, so I think <laughs> at a certain point, your vice is like, you know what I mean? Noise becomes a vice when you're using it specifically. When you're, and the cost of that is whatever you would have found out if you had paid attention to your thoughts. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's so, that's so real. That's so real. As somebody that struggles with, um, as someone that struggles with, with with thoughts running rampant and and being an, an overthinker of sorts, meditation has been so helpful for me in that, and in, in that it, it forces you to be in a place where you have to silence yourself and just be able to allow thoughts to pass because that's what it ultimately comes down to. What type of thoughts can you allow to pass in front of you without you dwelling on them to the point where you're no longer your thoughts, yet you're an observer of your thoughts. Yeah. And it's interesting. That's that pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you ain't know, <laughs> if you were worried, if I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to give you your props on that. No, that was, that's super solid, bro. For sure. Solid. For sure. I think you're about to swerve us into some, into some of the, the new music that came out. Well, yeah, man. I was just going to say that even in, you know, recognizing like, you know, when it's time to sit with your, with your thoughts and when it's time to find out if some of that new shit slapping. Um, <laughs> I think it can even be useful to correct, like to even think of, not of like um, being alone with your thoughts and thinking through whatever your mind might be spiraling about as like, something that is nagging at you in the back of your head, but something that you do have to address as a whole task in itself, mm. like doing the dishes or, you know what I mean? Cooking or like taking a shower. You do have to take time to deal with your mental health. Um, and then once you're done, you can find out if reason is the best, like whatever, what'd you say? What did we call it on the previous episode? Ooh. Leader of the new school, leader of the um, best Bro. rapping ass niggas from that are not Kendrick and J. Cole age and shit. I need to hear your thoughts on it first. What are your thoughts on this reason album? I think we have a lot of young, talented artists. Um, and luckily there's a feature, there's a song on the album with that that has three of them on it. But I think you have Reason, you have Isaiah Rashad, you have J.I.D., you have Kenny Mason, um, 
and uh, Boogie. IDK, you'd have to put into that race. Denzel. You keep Curry, throwing him in so that, Nick. Play race, nigga. You I don't know to, about. Bro. I don't know about IDK. I you definitely put it's Denzel because in there. He's not. The thing about it though is that IDK is not that much behind JID. Is the thing in terms of, in terms of accomplishments, in, in terms of bodies of work, like they're they're not that far off from each other. JID All has right. had a lot of things slip at the same time. All right. That whole well, DiCaprio two album, people want to act like that album doesn't exist. That's hey. a real thing. Well, you see where I'm going with it because so even okay, we can put uh, IDK in that conversation, and maybe that's my blind spot in hip hop. You gotta have one, you know. Know that you got a blind spot. So, but I would say that all all of those artists that I just that we just mentioned, right, put out a very solid first effort, or at least one a singular project that is stands out as puts putting them in contention for. A rap like on the list of rappers, the short list of rappers that is doing more lyrically and doing more artfully with their music, right? And this is a lyrical conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. So I think this as reasons like there's been a couple mixtape, but like second official like release, right? This would be, I would equate this to his follow-up to his debut album. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just That's in the same fair, way that assumption to say. Right. In the same way that, as you mentioned, DiCaprio, too, was the follow up to the Never Story. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and we got the Sun's tirade as the follow up to Sylvia Demo from Isaiah Rashad. Uh, That's correct. And then we've got um, Boogie's latest album, which everything's is, for sale. Everything is for sale, which is a follow up to thirst 48 one and two that 48 that, series yeah yeah so i would say that this being reasons follow-up is probably one of the stronger follow-ups um i think everything for sale is is up there too but when i listened through this album the first time i thought it was back end heavy in terms of like real raps and what i wanted from reason and when i listened to it in the whip the second time, I was like, oh no, this whole thing slapped. And then I listened to it mm. in the crib again the third time. And I was like, well, the second half is stronger, but the first half does a lot um, to like balance the album and just show that he can kind of be fun for lack of a, of a better term, right? Um, mm. I don't know if he I was got- trying to be fun, let's put it that way. I think he succeeded where he, where he was trying. I think he succeeded. But, Gee, but, I think like think? the the album is good. What I realize is that reason gives me a bit of ear fatigue. That's fair. In the same ways that are reminiscent of like a Danny Brown. When I first listened to Danny Brown, I was super excited by the content and the skills that this person had. But it was always hard for me to power through a whole body of work cohesively because I just get ear fatigue from it. Same things, same thing that we used to get for, um, dare I say, Thug albums a while back, up until he started just knocking them out of the park in consistency, where it's just like, I, I, I really dig everything that this person is doing in terms of their style, their, their approach, their content, but to, to listen through an entire body of work is more difficult for me on this album than it is for other albums, and his, especially his first one. 
That's really interesting because I feel like the other people you named, like Thug and Danny Brown, are a lot more eclectic with their style, right? So they're a lot more like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're a lot more um, kind of out there and a lot do a lot more risk taking vocally that reason does. So it's interesting. To, it's interesting that is it his voice or is it his cadence, his flow? I'm not sure, bro. And I asked a few people this weekend what they think, and everyone was like, "Yeah, I like reason, but like, you know, th th this chicken's missing a little more salt type situation, you know." And it was very difficult for people to put their finger on where the ear fatigue usually comes from. I tried to bump this album four times this week, never got through it twice. You know what I mean? And that's a it's a good it's a good album. And the fact that I kept on giving it a try and opening it up into different environments in the car with the homies at the crib in the in the earphones if because there's a lot of albums that we run through once and throw that back so the fact that that it has that effect to go back to it signifies a good album i'm just interested in the fact that i tend to see people all kind of having the same feeling towards reasons music interesting yeah, well, yeah. i think it's very good i think it's better than most of i think it's I think that too, I think um, there you have it. And what's the new album called? New Beginnings. Yeah. Um, I think that one and two is better than JID's offering, better than damn near everybody except Isaiah Rashad's. No, nah, you think can't he, say that in, in the face of a boogie, bro. You can't say that in the face of a boogie. Not while boogie's around. Uh, yeah, true. He's in there too. Those would, those around. would, those would be the, those would be the three, but I think I put this or album. Or a gold link. It depends on how you feel about diaspora. Ooh, but yeah. if you're talking about, if you're talking about at what cost and, uh, after that, we never spoke. No, no. Um, if you're talking about, um, the God complex and at what cost, then that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole yeah. different conversation. So then, yeah, I would put Gold Link in there too. But I would say that I would say that there you have it, and this album by reason are just as good, if not better than um, whichever of the Thirst Forty Eights. Not if you use both of them, but if you pick Thirst Forty Eight Part Two and Everything yeah. For Sale, I think these two albums are better than that. So interesting. I think reason I think reason is rapping his ass off, bro. Like that dude is that dude is truly rapping. That dude is saying a lot of things. He's making different types of songs on different types of beats. I think the yeah. joint with Rhapsody is one of the best like collaborations that shows like lyricism between uh, a male and a female rapper that doesn't like, you know what I mean? Overplay mm. that or oversexualize that. I think that's dope. I think uh the fall is very like dope and reminiscent of sing about me so there's a lot of like tde influence that you can hear yeah, yeah. Like, throughout the album throughout the production too the production the td influence of the production really does shine through very crisp um td as a way of making very cinematic cinematic hip-hop you know what i mean it's, it's it's very simple in the sense of what it uses production wise but the feeling of it is super cinematic and that's that's beautiful and you hear that on this album too yeah, I don't think it was overdone with features. And I think where the features came in, they did super well. I think Schoolboy goes crazy mm. on pop shit. I think Absol for like the first time in a long time has mm. the best verse on a song with Flick It Up. 
Um, I think sure. I think if you hadn't heard those tracks, I think if you hadn't heard Flick It Up, Showstop, and Pop Shit before yes. the album drops, yes. it's a very different listen. Like it's a very them. different listen. And the fact that TDE brings up music the way it does, you know, the way that these singles were staggered, we didn't know where they were gonna end up and whatnot. So people consume that very differently. But if we knew that these were all leading up to a put out, but it's also interesting that TDE is letting them release music on a more consistent, letting him release music on a more consistent basis than some of their other acts. Yeah, if you would, if you would call this that, I feel like, I mean, obviously everybody's rollout got experienced some chop due to COVID, mm. right? Uh, everybody was dealing with mad chop. So, you know, things, <laughs> things fell where they fell. Um, but I just feel like, and this is an even more interesting conversation, I think even broader than reason, but there are certain artists, particularly the ones that like we're speaking about in terms of the more lyrical artists that I don't want a whole bunch of singles. Like who? I feel, I feel like, um, if we're including- Isaiah like, Rashad. Yeah, well, Isaiah, it's been so long from Isaiah Rashad that I'm just thirsty for music from Isaiah Rashad regardless. Mm -hmm. But typically, right? So like from a JID, from a, um, uh, even like a Boogie, like I don't necessarily wanna hear a whole bunch of singles before your album drops. It feels like, to me, like the trailer before a movie. If I really am gonna care about your art, your album, like if you really want me to care about it as a piece of art, then like, don't show me too much of the 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 movie in the trailer. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. care about singles. I understand that you got to play the industry game, but if you're gonna try and put together a meaningful album, like, let me because I think I think to the detriment of the album, people had already run through the high the high energy points of the album. And so the rest of yeah. it kind of feels eh. lackluster. That could be that could be a fact that all of the singles that came out were the highest points of that album. And there was so much more to that album that could have stood on its own if the high points weren't exposed a lot earlier. Because it, it, it's, that's a lot of hype. Showstop, flake it up. So it's a lot of hype. But as somebody who is a fan of, of Reason, I'm, and somebody who I, I would consider myself very critical of hip hop. Um, I would, I'm happy for him having made this, like, I think as a part of his discography, this will very much help uh, as he continues to like gain, you know, stature in the hip hop game. I think that that is a solid second album to stand on. What do you think is the highest, the highest points of rap stardom we can expect reason to hit. Nigga keeps leaving them by the rim. I think the best version of reason, like maybe not best case scenario, but I think a perfect lane for him to slide in is to be Meek 2.0. Okay, okay, I see. You have to have an anthem if you're Meek. Meek keep an anthem. Have an anthem and a summer jam. That's what you need. He can do it. He can do it. He just needs the he just needs the exposure. If 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 a boogie dropped uh what's the the trunk in the back? Pop pop the trunk in the back off off yeah. there you have it off the first album. That song goes crazy. That song you think goes, so? That song goes absolutely nuts. I think Reason has joints that I think like even I think even Showstop, if you actually put, bro, if you actually put featuring Kendrick Lamar on Showstop for them damn ad-libs and put a verse on it, I think that song goes crazy. I don't know why they didn't do that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear that's, Kendrick that's all it. over that bitch in ad libs, like do the verse, <laughs> do the verse. That like, featuring that featuring Kendrick part is is my favorite. But like that's like I don't I don't think he's I I think he is. I'm not saying he can't do it by himself, which is why what I um what I mean what I meant by referencing the first song. But I think that he is that look away from getting that anthem. Mm, mm, close enough. I think he's a look away from getting that anthem. And I think he can be like Meek is consistently put out the quality of music to consistently be in the conversation of who is relevant, if not at the top mm. of the game. You know what I mean? Like mm. we mm. were talking to like Meek, Meek has been not, not everybody wasn't a fan. They'd be acting like they was, but not everybody was a fan back when it, it was Big Sean and Wale, but Meek was putting out music on MMG and a big part of that MMG label. And he's continued to be relevant. Sure. That was 2011. We're we about to be in 2021. And he just dropped that movie, bruh. Charm City Kings, bruh. Is that, how is that? Bruh. Bruhs. Really? Bruhs, Charm City Kings. Bruhs and brats. Hear me. Hear me now. <laughs> his, his Lordship Miles Xavier is about to speak. Pay Hear attention. Now. Charm City Kings is on HBO Max. I know y'all got HBO Max or at least got a hookup because y'all motherfuckers been watching Lovecraft Country. I know you have. Everybody have you been watching Lovecraft Country? Of course. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know what Lovecraft Country is. What is that? Lovecraft Country is a HBO show about black people and like supernatural racism. Supernatural racism, so regular racism. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? It's racism, <laughs> with, it's racism with 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 sauce, racism with with spells and shit. But oh, so it's like superheroes, but with racism. Like, but mostly villains because racism. But like, they black, obviously. The, the the yeah, well yeah, it's but that's a lot called of people, vampires in Brooklyn, is it? <laughs> it has some vampire in Brooklyn moments. It definitely has some vampire in Brooklyn moments. Yuck. Yeah, hey, people are people. A lot of people are watching it. A lot of people are watching it enough that I yeah. say I know y'all have at least thought about who your plug is for HBO Max or whatever that shit is. Get it. Watch Charm City Kings because that is the best movie that you have heard attached to a rapper in a long time. Even better than Takers is what you're saying. That's funny. That's really. Funny. You... <laughs> That's really funny. But new, new, um, even even better than um, Get Rich or Die Trying Two. There is not a Get Rich or Die Trying Two. Get out of here. No, I, I, I don't know if that is. I just made that up, but it probably is, dude. Dude, <laughs> it's better than Belly Two. I'll tell you that. <laughs> belly two. It's way better than Belly Two. That's a horrible way to. That's a horrible standard to judge a movie by. It's actually very good. Like honestly. Uh, Meek is in it more than I thought he would be and does a good and like he does a good job he does a good job the it's about a young kid I think it's set in Baltimore actually and not Philadelphia um, and he's obviously British so his accent kind of slips a little bit no. he's young. oh the kid is British not Meek is trying to be British Nigga. Please don't tell me Meek tries to be British. Please don't Meek tell me Meek tries to be, to be British, British, bro. Oh, the kid God, in real dude. life, the actor. God damn it. Go watch the movie. It's very good. The actor, <laughs> the actor is British. And so 
the the young child actor is British and he does a very, very good job, but he is British and you can you can hear it in his voice a little bit throughout the movie. That is my biggest critique of the movie. Like other than that, it is very good. Very good. Hold on, wait a minute, bruv. <laughs> Y'all thought I was finished, innit? <laughs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all thought I was finished, innit? <laughs> That's the title of this of this episode. <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, but that's so real. That's so real. And I think like noticing how a bunch of cinemas are closing, a bunch of movie theaters are closing, the importance of a cinematic experience at home becomes so much more important and being able to recreate that type of space, especially if you're a, a, a filmophile. Yeah. I don't know how much I like that word. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a real word either. I just said it. I thought because an audiophile Yo, is somebody that it's a cinephile. Like I'm pretty sure it's a cinephile. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. For what cinema. did I say? You said a filmophile. Ha, dude, that is so wrong. It sounds like <laughs> you love a nigga named Fillmore. <laughs> That's wild. I am who I am, bro. Yeah. Hey, bro. And we welcome all types here at the All the Way Live yeah, podcast. I am, who, I am who I am. Come as you are. <laughs> Yo, but as, you, you, as you said but you hit up on something you hit up on something dope too as far as like um movie theaters and stuff closing uh mm. and i can't even reiterate enough go watch that go watch charm city kings man that stuff is dope um if you're looking for something to watch because everybody is so they're reclosing yeah, movie is. theaters they're reclosing movie theaters this side in the states right and like um i guess apparently that sucks for tenant apparently yeah yes Tenant is coming out on Pirate Bay next week. <laughs> Didn't need to. I've been looking, boy. <laughs> That's a cinematic experience, you know. Going to go see Tenant up live that would be a fly experience. It would be, but not one that like, yo, I love going to movies. I'm even the type of dude that would go to the movies by myself if I thought the movie was fly enough. Under yeah, you're a film file. Don't call me names, dude. That. <laughs> Um, I would even go to the, <laughs> I wouldn't want to say that. <laughs> Yo. It's a film file, bro. <laughs> See, and I was such a fan of AKAs before this, but that one I don't like. AKA filmo on file. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> so go, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, apparently that tanked. That, yeah. Apparently that tanked the movie, right? They thought that people were going to be prepared to go back out and go to the theaters. And even as somebody who did, who like misses going to the movie theaters, I wasn't about to go do that. I wasn't about to go. Sit Why not? In, because I wasn't about to go sit in a space that was cleaned by teenagers before I was prepared to sit in it. <laughs> Some niggas don't give no fuck, man. <laughs> that is a, a good point dude if you're gonna care. leave the trust of my the trust of, of my of my uh sanitization to a teenager that makes no sense nah dude some dude with the, with the, with the broom and the bucket attached to the stick <laughs> how no, is dude. he he's not keeping me safe from covid dude he's got a squeegee thing but no wipes what is he doing he's no rubbing it in with that little red uniform <laughs> thing that's this, i don't want this <laughs> no, no, thank you. Making less than minimum wage. You can't expect anybody that makes less than minimum wage to care about what they're doing. I don't expect that. That's no, not fair. Not. You can't, dude. You can't. That's not, not fair. Right. We allow those people to see us. 
dude in, in, south, in south africa we have a lot of the parking lot guys they just direct you out and they like looking at security and shit and they give you cat and you give them coins i don't expect those people to do anything if somebody does something to my car <laughs> it's just and you should just for the thought i don't i don't that would be so wrong for me to go to and be like dude you said <laughs> as a broken nigga myself i can personally vouch that we got more shit going on than whatever <laughs> they don't pay us enough to solve whatever is going on with you <laughs> that happens yeah. to be happening at our job. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> That's going on with you. It just happens to be at my job. That's hilarious. It's that's not my hilarious. problem. I can see how you would think, <laughs> but that's not my problem. You know what I think would be a very important skill to pass down to young black youth is business and corporate um, etiquette. Etiquette. Mm, it's well, just bringing okay, etiquette to, and by etiquette, I know it has somewhat of a, um, it has somewhat of a, of a demeaning, a, a demeaning feel to it when you say it. But by etiquette, what I mean is that so many of our brightest get put into a culture that has been devised and has existed longer than anybody in their at times, anybody in their family lineage has even had the chance to be able to be a part of. So it's almost a new entire world when you're entering into this corporate space. And the type of confidence that you have entering into that world almost predicates how far in that world you'll get to. And a lot of these kids are brilliant, but they have not been given enough of the confidence that they need to approach it in a way that helps them highlight their brilliance. And so they get swept under the rug or they get outcasted or... Whatever the case is, I think there'll be some interesting stuff to bring to the youth. I think, I think you're absolutely, well, I think you're absolutely right in terms of like providing a space for young people to be exposed to the corporate world as it is and helping them learn to navigate it. I think where it's really important to be careful on choosing who does that and who's um, responsible for like leading that type of workshop is because you don't want to turn it into anything that even like smacks of um, like respectability politics, right? Like, so if you just act this way, which happens to be in accordance with this institutionalized professional structure, which mirrors this institutionalized structure of um, like just white supremacy, right? Like there's a there's there's something to be said for under like making sure that whoever is 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 leading that workshop to talk about what professional de decorum is does so in a way that doesn't belittle or like you said like demean right um the culture and the value in even the nuance of things like speaking in a way that doesn't necessarily conform to the way that people are expected to talk in a corporate environment or dressing or wearing your hair mm. in a certain way that people in a corporate environment i might, see might i see not, what you mean might not necessarily so there's there's it's important because a lot of like our a lot of our black children are raised in structures that aren't made for them to teach them how to navigate those structures but it's important that as we teach them how to navigate those structures we also teach them that their culture the structures that are rooted in their 
heritage and their history uh, are not wrong. Yeah, individualism, individualism. And I think the way you do that is by making a strong emphasis on how to have confidence in your work, in your craft, in your skill, in your service, whatever it is, is how do you build that confidence in a manner that is not in a matter that allows your value to be highlighted, right? And that doesn't necessarily have to come off the back of your individuality being diminished. It's just a matter of how do you, as an artist, how do you gain confidence in your business acumen in regards to the contracts you end up finding yourself in or in the spaces you choose to present your work in or with the materials that you use to present your work in or how often you, pres uh, you present your work. Things of that nature is just to be able to get people in, in the, in the it's, it's confidence in the sense of if you've driven a road a number of times, it then becomes automatic and you become confident doing that drive to the point where you can, you know, start doing other things while doing that drive. You know what I mean? So it's in the same sense that I think a lot of our youth not necessarily youth, but, you know, your yuppies or whatever the case is, people who are coming into corporate are at a lag because they now have to run to catch up in doing those roads when other people have had the chance to do so through young internships, through um, working at dad's, dad's company, dad's store, or uncle, whoever, whoever is. Those types of things, I think, are privileges that yeah. we should afford. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think creating so what does that look like in your head does it look like more internships at existing companies does it look like almost a mock in a mock professional like an actual professional environment that also recreates a mock professional environment for people to like interact in and you know what i mean like for you to do yeah, have yeah. like you know, you have professional that's the conversation interview, like fake interviewers and professional. Like, is that is that how does it look in your head is what I'm asking. That's the conversation. And that's why I brought it out is because I, you know, I haven't I haven't thought about what it could look like. But all the things that you had pointed out in terms of having um, mock uh, mock interviews and things like that, there's a there's a an NGO that my friend runs uh, called Building Blocks. Shout out to Nozi and the people, her team at Building Blocks. They do some incredible work where they essentially had these kids in these disenfranchised in these low income households um, have a mock sales pitch to corporate executives and you know people that could be able to give them tips and to to run them through i had the privilege of, of being part of one of those panels where you know these young 13 year olds whatever are presenting they're, they're selling you whatever you know they whatever their assignment is to sell and you critique them and it's you know things like that i think are very important in giving people confidence especially young girls young black girls hmm. yeah that is really cool that is really cool. Yeah. And yeah. And, and yeah. shout out to her for, for that organization. Maybe we can put a link to that organization and some info about them in the like description. Um, but yeah, I think that is, I think that is really um, important, man. A lot of the, I'm trying to shift my focus right now to um, write about, but also like implement in some small um, grassroots ways like civic engagement for youth like just trying to figure out like what are ways that I mean just given the current political circumstances what are ways that we can 
use how much political will and like will for change there is in this moment like it's tangible you can like you can you can taste it it's in the air bro like people are tired of this shit universally um and they mean different things by that but people are tired and want change so how can you how can you take this moment and all, all the chaos right as we spoke to earlier that that is going on and use it to convince young people that in this moment you can make a difference like if you if there was ever a time where everything is up for grabs and you can make a change and you can your voice and your message and your passion is as important as your credentials that that is a that is as as messed up as that has yeah as messed up as the results of that have been in our political system that also means that people who have traditionally been not heard can can be heard if if we give them the right platforms and we give them the right tools and so how do you use this time and and to motivate like young people to be like yo whatever it is you do like do it and do it well and you can because i think that's the i think that is the biggest burden for a lot of kids is that they just don't believe that it's possible especially kids that are lower income especially kids that don't come from yeah. as many opportunities they don't feel like even their best can get them anywhere and so yeah how do you use this and when the road is yeah. not to cut you but like when but, the road you know a lot of the times fear stems from ignorance and so when you're ignorant on the road that one has been on to become something that you want to become it seems almost impossible which is why the sharing of information into those communities is so important is so that type of information can get to people like yo let me tell you how i did it like let me tell you the mistakes that i made starting what i started you know the mistakes that i'm making now more importantly let me tell you about the sacrifices that we made in order to get to the point that we're at and what we're still sacrificing uh, every day you know because the whole concept and illusion that it looks that everything happens perfectly is not true which is why i think this podcast is so cool is that we highlight you, you know we highlight not only our mistakes but make a conscious effort to it's 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 all about the journey of where this grows to you yeah. know that's the journey of this the sacrifices the mistakes the in audio qualities the whatever it is it's a it's it's a gradual step forward in pacing oneself to become that what that they want to be yeah and i think man as always bro just like helping to tie these points together so well um because yeah when i when i say civic engagement like it doesn't have to be anything that's like strictly political right in the sense of like red and blue two party system like you know you should vote but it's it's also about whatever you do do that with the intent to make the world that you want to see right and so just the fact that you know people close to you and yourself included are putting together foundations building organizations to help other people to give back right the fact that we know people who own like brands of liquor and who are just manifesting their dreams making music and like doing all types of dope stuff like artists Study like podcasts the fact that people are out here really doing it and like really giving their dreams a shot especially to see black folks doing this is just amazing and i think that we do need to share a key word that you know came up when you were speaking to me in my brain is transparency right like 
show the process so that not only so that we can all learn from each other, but also that people can identify with like your, what you're trying to do and like what you're trying to build. And also so that the youth can see that and recognize that, you know, it doesn't have to be all smoke and mirrors and then people are successful. You know what I mean? Like you can see the stumbling into that success and we bring you that. And we bring you that, the stumble pod, Mm -hmm. the stumble pod. Speaking of, of stumbling ways into, into conversations, um, more importantly, piggybacking off of what you said, which is seeing, seeing processes and going forward. That's difficult in black communities because a lot of black communities, especially black men, lack fathers inside the households, right? So it, it becomes difficult in terms of having role models who can set examples for you to follow. And that's the important, that's the, the underlying importance of, or let me bet, rather say the underlying impact of what happens when there's just no father inside of a household is that you have not necessarily directionless men, but men who are unable to have a man to imitate from, you know, somebody that is close and in the family, the science of bonding when it comes to, when it comes to child and parent is, is, is neurologically amplified with things such as touching, ref, uh, uh, affirmation, um, conversation, um, the kissing of the head, affection, those types of things, which is why that's so important for um, mothers and their children in early stages, that whole process of nurturing, kissing, bond, that, that literally changes the structure in which both parties' brains bond with each other. It's a very, very important part of of the bonding process. And so when you don't have that in terms of a father yeah. and you you consider about and you consider the type of impulses that young men have growing up, it makes it makes it for a very vicious cocktail. Yeah. If nobody never, you know, like cradled you and like held you and rubbed the red stuff across your forehead, gave you to Rafiki, let him hold you up, that showed you okay. how you supposed to know that you would be king. <laughs> how could you know? You wouldn't know. Or to tell you that this is all your land, Simba. Yeah, for sure. Everything the light touches. Everything, Everything the light, light touches, touches, Simba. No, I think that's, I, I think, <laughs> hold up. We got hood noises going on. This podcast brought to you by South Shore. Hood. I, I, I can't, I can't oh. hear anything. What type of hood noises are we talking about? Because there's like a few hood noises. <laughs> not, not the, not the most alarming hood noises. Just, okay. just commotions, commotions, but, um, it's people fighting, hood noises, <laughs> people fighting. <laughs> there's, um, there's definitely, so there's, I mean, you got, you got, you, you, you broke it down for us on the clinical perspective. Right. And like, that's, that was, that was dope. Um, and there's also just something to be said for when there's not a man present in the house, right. Regardless of like who the child might seek to emulate when there's not, when one of the parents is gone, that's a lot of responsibilities that is falling upon the other parent, but also that falls upon the kids too, right? That slack yeah. is picked up by everyone when there's when there's not a father in the home. Um, and I think, I mean, so I think this conversation demands from me both like humility and gratitude just for the fact that um, I think if I were to be incredibly reductive but also just like in the interest of time like my pops was somebody who i think was so supremely concerned 
about the environment that I would be growing up in, that he worked so much that he worked so hard and, and, and put himself in such a position that he was able to like give me certain factors of protector of like protection growing up but it also meant that like it strained our relationship because of you know as much as I he I wanted to see him and hang out with him he was like working or not available or on doing like other stuff um being a black dad um and all the <laughs> and all uh, that encompasses all if you don't that know that's entails. a real thing yeah um and so but despite like any aspect of like you know relationships that I wish were better with my dad like the fact that he has been in my life without fail like is one of the primary reasons that I'm still alive mm. period um that's real and is one of the primary reasons that I'm in any type of position to give anything back to anybody so like you know and the fact that I still have that he's still alive you know what I mean he he'd be <laughs> be hard to get a hold of sometimes but he's still alive you know what I mean so I can talk to him um and and resolve you know like any type of issues or when I really feel like I need we have a good relationship still so like man as 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 much as some of the issues with my father have shaped me into the person I am like despite the issues like I'm so humbled and just grateful just to have him have cared um yeah yeah that's very transparent of you that's very transparent and i think when you do realize how many black men in particular grow up without dads you have to be appreciative of the presence of i'm appreciative let me rather say i'm appreciative of the presence of my father in my life it's a friend of mine said to me that out of all of his friends i'm the only one who still has a dad yeah the it'd be only like one that. With a dad it'd be like that that's yeah. real that's the reality in black in in black communities where there's just vast amounts of people that grow up without fathers. I think it's I think there's definitely a particular period, and I know we went through it where I think as a young man, in terms of your identity and who you want to be able to become, there's a point where your your you you let me not I don't want to say tension, but the relationship with your father can get strained and tested because now you're coming into yourself as a man um you know the the household maybe you're coming into becoming the man of a household and so your mentality of your space in that universe that is would be the family starts to change and there's a lot of friction that can come from that but i you know i've seen in terms in our journey getting past those types of frictions you end up just seeing your father as a person that he is he's just a dude that just so happened to get with my mom who's a chick that so happened to get with this dude who so happens to be my dad and you once you can see people on a on a human level and that veil of of parents of supernatural parenting you know fades away so oh this is just a man who's also trying to figure it out in life and does not have all the answers and makes mistakes like i make you know that's that's a reality of it but definitely appreciation above everything of the sacrifices that those men have made to give us the the opportunities and the springboard that we have. I mean, look at us now. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's just like, bro, the fact that he is just a dude, just like trying to figure it out for sure makes it all the more impressive because as just a dude, right? Like imagine now 
tomorrow needing to equip yourself and prepare yourself with the tools to keep a small you alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. With all with the tendencies attitude. and yeah, attitude. That you, got, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I just, I mean, I just. And going beyond the need, going beyond the needs, you know, that, that is when there's so many, when there's so many people that just do not have the luxuries of having a father and to have one that goes beyond your needs, you, you know, when, when you get to that point of reconciling whatever strains might have, you have to put that at peak appreciation just to say like, you know, somebody went beyond what they had to do just in order for me to be comfortable. Yeah. Big An impressive facts. thing for any dude to do. Big facts. And, and, and it's even, it's, it's even more impressive when you add that human layer into it, because as you spoke to, right, developing that relationship as it changes and as you become more aware of the responsibilities it takes to run and operate a household and to, you know, like be the emotional support figure for mom, you know, siblings, aunts, cousins, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's transformative just to see like, as much as it can cause tension in terms of how the handoff of that goes, it's also like humbling. It's been humbling for me to see that like, there was, there was not only was there time and effort given up in the moment, but also like to even talk to my dad now and to see that weigh on him and for to see him now be like, bro, I'm tired. Hit me. Huh, tired. <laughs> Heard what I said. What am I? Huh, tired. What? <laughs> tired. Everything. All in one. Uh. <laughs> All in one. Bro. And like, and, and, and to, and, but to really see and to understand like as I get old enough to not even feel, but to understand that tiredness and like how much he has had to sacrifice in just worry alone, right? <laughs> um, and just like for even like, you know, and he's not a very sappy dude, but like just in a, even like a very like transparent moment with me, right? He was just like, uh, we were working on a building here and he was living here on the South side and he's originally from here. Um, and he was telling me like, man, to have be successful and to have raised a family and to have done that safely and to, you know, have had the opportunity to move to somewhere much quieter than the South side and then to be back living here. He was like, bro, it feels traumatic. It feels trapping. Wild. And, it, and it just, you know, and, without any type of incident having happened, just like to be back mm -hmm. in this environment, which speaks to what it represented for him to have to come from here. Leave, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And to have to work to raise a family here and get and move into a space that was safer than this for his family and just how much weight and worry and just to, just for him to even like say that just was a very, uh, was a huge moment of me just being like, this gets deep and we don't know. Like you start to understand we and see, but as as a, as a child, you don't know what your folks went through for you. If they, if they, if you, if you're lucky enough to have parents that were in your life and caring for you, like they did the most and we don't even know. So love yours, whoever that is in your life, whoever helps sure, you raise up, sure. whoever that village is, big facts. This whole speech that you gave right now is all a long, elaborate gender reveal. <laughs> is what this is. For what, nigga? For who? For what? 
Oh, that I'm, <laughs> that's somebody's <laughs> dad, nigga. Yeah. That's your dad. This is a yeah. long gender reveal, bro. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giving birth to this content, nigga. That's about it. How we rocking next Thursday? That's yeah. a, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> No, but that's real. And that's, and that's very transparent. And it's very interesting. And I wonder if this exists in, in, in a lot of just families in general, um, the lack of information we know about who our parents are. You know what I mean? I was with my sister at a dinner table with, with my father recently, and he was talking about being in jail for two, three years. They're like, two, three years, you're in jail? What? Why don't you tell us this? Like, I had no clue that you were locked up as a prisoner of war like you know and and that seems to be at least in south africa because a lot of our parents especially those who went to go fight against the to fight oppression in the military in the army as um a lot of it and a lot of who went to exile and whatnot they came back extremely traumatized and so we kind of have learned to accept the fact that sharing information is traumatic for them but that also leaves wide gaps in who our parents really are you know we're seeing this person who was taken took like i dropped the gun got dusted off out of the battlefield and got dropped back into the country you know i can only imagine that to be such a traumatic experience and and it's hard because you you like it's personally i found it difficult to be able to confront not let me not say confront but to I it's I don't find the urge to push those conversations out. It's yeah. because you know you don't find the urge to do that. One, you're ignorant that your parents are actually people and have had a life before you. But two, you don't know what to ask, <laughs> where to start. It's like, hey, dude, who who are you? Like, tell me that story, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are you, mate? Who are you? And these are conversations we have the luxury of having, and I think. It's Big incumbent class. on us as part of the rarity of black men that have fathers to to push those to push those questions. And I think that shows evolution in the black household where the honest conversations that we have with our father started such a, a young age and there's confidence behind that and there's humanity and humility behind it. And we can start to see each other as the 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 fragile, insecure um troubled people that we are yeah man it's like uh it's like looking in a looking in a more seasoned grumpier mirror dog it's crazy oh yeah <laughs> for sure go <laughs> back, in this back in this back thing. in this business yo man yeah i'm i'm yo first i'm super appreciative of you just like sharing you know um joining me on this on this dad ledge bro you know what i mean um yeah yeah it is it is not always easy to 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 be and i think a word we've used a lot this pod is transparency right it's not always easy to be transparent um and so i i was i know that that relationship has played a huge hand in shaping you and so i wanted you to speak on it but i didn't want to you know speak for you or 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 put you you know on the spotlight on the spot like that so i'm glad you you know, you you shared that with us. Um, 
and yeah, man. Thanks so. for showing me the way, brother. Thanks for showing me the way. Thanks for pushing me to be to be hey. vulnerable. I saw I saw my co-host stepping on the ledge with that vulnerability. I stepped up right behind it. I think it's an important conversation to have, and it's one that I'm actually I'm excited to be able to share this episode with my parents and and my dad. And if you can listen to it up until that point, I'll be very interested to hear um, what what his thoughts are. I'd encourage anybody to do the same too. You know, if this can be uh, an opening conversation into into understanding who these who these dudes are, then you know, I'm glad to have been a part of that. Man, I'm glad to have been a part of this, and I'm glad y'all joined us. Man, I'm glad. I'm glad we live. I'm glad we live, baby. Listen, listen, listen. We know. We know. Tell them. Tell them. We are aware that you Tell have too, too many, too many choices when it comes to checking out a podcast. But we appreciate y'all for rocking with all the way live, live in the sense that we are celebrating life, live in the Indeed. sense that we are celebrating, celebrating, live in the Hallelujah. sense that we are celebrating blackness and black dads and black villages, and black communities, um, and black everything. Um, it's love, it's peace. And like that, we gone. We out.